But if you think about adding $3 trillion to the balance sheet, right, to the Federal Reserve, that was, right, in, in just a couple of years, that was half of the total debt for our country over 224-year period. And now we're at $31 trillion. And going up every second. a regular gym routine. When was the last time you checked on your financial fitness? If you're feeling like you're falling behind, Ed Sedell is here to help with The Retirement Trainer, a podcast about helping you get into better financial shape. Every week, Ed talks about things you need to know to become more financially fit for your future. Learn about things like how much money will you need, financial mistakes other people often make, and how you can avoid them. Plus, details on The Retirement Fitness Plan, a plan Ed personally created to help you get to and through retirement by focusing on five key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan when you visit egsifinancial.com and click on processes. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to The Retirement Trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. It's The Retirement Trainer with Ed Sidhill, a podcast about finding ways to help you become financially fit for your future, no matter what financial shape you're in now. Inflation is constantly in the news, and it's easy to see why when everything we buy costs more. Each dollar in our pocket is worth less. And while it's easy to cut back on unnecessary expenses here and there, no one wants to severely cut back their lifestyle. Sometimes cutting back simply isn't an option. The things like groceries and gas for our cars that are all rising, well, we will always need to buy them. This is why it's extremely important to factor in inflation into your retirement plan. While it's nice to hope for the best, sometimes it's more prudent to prepare for the worst. No one knows how long this high inflation will last or if it could lead to a recession, but you can do something about it. You can create a plan of action. This is Leanne Sedell, and here to help us with all these questions and to give us some guidance to stay in the best financial shape possible, the retirement trainer, Ed Sedell. Hi, Ed. Hey, Leanne. What's going on? Well, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, and um, obviously the voice still doesn't sound all that great. But we're going to move and charge ahead. <laughs> and, and it's a Monday, yeah. and it, you know, um, and and a lot of things have happened in the last week since Easter. Well, and yeah, especially as before Friday, Easter and Friday. Yeah, well, I was just yeah. going to say Friday. Friday was a day where people were really looking at the market and saying, "What are we in for?" Not to mention. All this time of year, looking as we're moving into spring, you know, we we all like the idea of the weather changing. The moods are up, but it's hard to have your mood up when you're spending so much for gas. And some of the things that you like to typically do are being cut out of your your budget. So, and it seems like every time we do, I mean, we're always talking about inflation. I know, right? And and people just, in its simplest terms, it's really just a hidden tax. I mean that that's really what it is and it it doesn't matter your socioeconomic status. I mean it's hitting everyone. And it's painful all the way across the the board no matter what especially when you go to fill up your your gas tank. Well and you know it's it's affecting everyone. Everything. Everyone, everyone everything. food I mean uh, you know across the the board and in 
you know, earnings, it hasn't affected the earnings, but that's kind of a misnomer. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of, you know, get into to that. But no, a lot of the fundamentals, I, um, I wanted to talk about this. I had so many questions about what's going on with things and what the relationship into the economy as far as how this is all going to affect every single aspect all, all the way through, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and and there's there's a lot to cover. I mean, I'm going to try and take it slow. Just do me a favor because I, I do kind of geek out a little bit, you know, as... I'll cut you off. You know, and just say, okay, hey, you know, back up and, and explain it. Because it's really easy to, to get into the weeds. And the one thing that I have noticed, you know, is your... I don't care what channel it is, you know, Bloomberg, CNBC, Fox Business, you know, pick one. You know, you've got these pundits. Oh, everything's great. Ah, you know, inflation is not that big of a deal. We've already hit bottom. We're on our way back up. Transitory. Yeah, transitory, which is temporary, right? And then when you had the the meeting with the feds back in March, they finally said, hey, it's here, you know, and and we are going to raise rates and we're going to raise them, you know. Six times. Six more times. Six more, right? So a total of seven because they meet seven times throughout the year. And, And what does that mean? And, you know, is there really an impact on... Uh, what we do, how we do it um, in everyday life, and, and it is, right? So, you know, earnings season, you know, let's talk about that because everybody says, well, you know, at least earnings are up. But, you know, that's kind of a misnomer. It's a, like kind of like a false flag. Earnings are up because the cost of goods sold are up, right? The transportation is up. Everything is up. So companies, it's not like they're more profitable. Earnings are up because everything costs more. Right. And then when you look at our retail sales last month, you know, they, they were up. I, I, I don't have it sitting in front of me. I was looking at it, but I think it was like a half a percent or 0.6%. And it was like, oh my gosh, that's, that's great. You know, it was up. So the, that's a positive number. Well, you know, when you back out gas and, you know, and add back in inflation, it's, you know, maybe 0.1, maybe 0.2% or, or even worse, break even. Right. So, I mean, things aren't growing, which means, you know, as this inflation continues to hit, it's starting to slow down the economy and everything is kind of interconnected and interrelated. It, you know, as as rates go up, the effect that that has on the bond market, on the markets, because everything is correlated all the way through. So I just I kind of wanted to set that stage and then, you know, we can kind of break down everything bit by bit. But it's real, okay? Over 350 companies in the S&P stated that inflation was a factor, right, in their year-end report, in their financial report. Mm-hmm. So it, it is, it's, it's a real deal, okay? And that was in December. So that means we're sitting out here, we know it, the, you know, you and me and everyone else out there, even though the Federal Reserve and, you know, everyone in D.C. saying, ah, don't worry about it, it's transitory. Well, we've known this for over a year that inflation is here to hit. Yeah, so- how does this apply to most people and how do we make sure that we pay attention to, to those details that meaning these reports that are going out and how they're going to directly affect us? Okay. So the biggest problem is people don't understand kind of how everything is connected and where we've gotten to where we're at right now. All right. And, but have we ever been in the situation that we're in right now ever? I mean, I think we've been close, you know, in the seventies and eighties, First of all, we have to understand really what inflation is. I say this all the time. It's way too many dollars chasing, you know, too few goods. And why is that? A big part of the reason that we're in the situation that we're in right now is that people were paid to stay home and not work. And they were making more staying home and not working than they were when they were working. 
All right. And because they weren't working, you know, as we know with, with the, the families that we help, you know, the expenses actually go up the first couple of years when people retire. Why? Because they, they have income, disposable income. They have free time on their hands, their bucket list. They're doing things that they normally wouldn't do. Well, now all of a sudden you have all these people that have all this extra money that they normally wouldn't have. And so what do they do? Yeah, they go out and spend they, it. They go out and spend it. Okay. And look, I know a lot of people disagree with me, but you know, it's, it's all about the math. I mean, you just have to look at the numbers and everything kind of really started if we go all the way back to the housing bubble. Okay. Back in, in 2008 in, the, in that bailout. And, and there was what was called uh, quantitative easing or QE, right? QE one, two, three, four. And it, it just, it really hasn't stopped, right? And people say, okay, you know, QE, quantitative easing, but no one really explains what it is. And quantitative easing is really, it's, it's when you monetize debt, okay? And how do we monetize debt? Well, you have what's called the Federal Reserve. Uh, which is a quasi-governmental agency, all right? They're private, and they help control the the monetary policy for, for Uncle Sam, for us, the U.S. government. When we had the bailout for um, the banks, the, the housing bubble, which I, you know, I understand why they did it. I disagree. I mean, we should have just suffered the pain right then. But at that point in time, we, you know, we, we put about $3 trillion on the books, okay, for the Federal Reserve. That was kind of the, the bailout. So how do you monetize the debt? Well, the way that you buy debt is through U.S. Treasuries, okay? And so the Federal Reserve was the number one buyer of U.S. Treasuries, and that's how they monetize the debt, okay? And, and they've been buying them. So a couple times they slowed down. You know, we saw that effect in, in 2018. And, you know, not only were the Fed starting to, to slow down buying the, the Treasuries, but you know, China also dumped a whole bunch of treasuries at the same time. So, you know, we almost had an issue in 2018 going into 2019. But it, again, you know, the feds lowered the rates and, you know, that has a... Kicking a, the can down the road. That, that's exactly <laughs> it. They're, they kick the can down the road, right? Because nobody wants to face it. When you have all these elected officials, no one wants to be responsible to cause the pain because they want to get reelected. It's the political. Yeah, that, that, that's the problem. And, and that's the problem, you know, when we're looking at all this policy, because when you look at the $3 trillion that we put on the books, it just, it, we have to look at the, the debt, the total debt historically. If we go all the way back to, you know, at the end of Clinton, beginning of Bush 2, yeah, Bush 2 uh, in 2000, the total debt for 224 years of the existence of this nation, okay, we were less than six trillion, okay, five point eight. Exactly why I said we've never been where we are, but yeah, go right, ahead. yeah, okay. And then we were adding more and more to the debt, and you know, we we all know under look, there's no one who is not at fault. I, I, Republicans, Democrats, okay, it they're politicians, right? And so it's that spending of the money, not balancing the budget not having that surplus to take care of, you know, this program and that program and, you know, on and on and on. But if you think about adding $3 trillion to the balance sheet, right, to the mm -hmm. Federal Reserve, that was, right, in, in just a couple of years, that was half of the total debt for our country over 224-year period. And now we're at $31 trillion. Yeah. All right. And going up every second. And it, yes, absolutely. All right. So how do we measure inflation? It's the consumer price index, the CPI. 
And this is important to understand, too, because every president, and again, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat, okay, it's all the way across the board. It's They're so concerned about their legacy, right? And when you look at, you know, the, the inflation and how they calculate it, when I was in college, you know, in the 80s, it was this is the formula. Math is math. This is, you're right. It's it's not common core where one plus one can equal whatever you want. It is, it, the math is the math. And and so- They changed the way that they calculated the CPI. They did. They, yeah. were, they changed the variables, what they were leaving out, what they were putting in, right? And each president, you know, it started in the 90s, you know, under, I, I think it was under Bush one. And then it progressively, you know, everyone said, well, now we're skewing the number, just like they did with the unemployment numbers, mm-hmm. right? Just to make them look better. But the numbers are the numbers. If you put everything into the formula, no one's going to like it. Yeah, that's why I get tired of listening right now to the news where they say, this is what the CPI is. And then they say, this is what the actual (laughs) number is. Well, let's just make it the actual number. You're exactly right. Because if you go back in and you look at all the variables, the way that it originally was before they started to change it, I mean, our inflation factor right now is you know, well into the double digits is probably close to 17, 18%. That's a big number. Okay. And when you have, and and that's why, even if we look at the the current inflation number that they're using, the CPI, which is over 9%, we'll, we'll just make it nine. Okay. They're saying this is the federal reserve. Okay. Just going back to math. If they raise interest rates to two and a half percent, okay, that's going to stave off inflation. Well, how? Because interest rates have to equal the CPI. Yeah, that's what I was just getting. So, so if you have a nine percent, mm-hmm. right, and and then they're only going to raise rates to two and a half, how how is that going to stave off inflation? But getting ahead, so the Fed's raising rates, but getting ahead of the Fed raising rates, the banks are raising their rates. They're way ahead, right? Way ahead of it. It's the free markets, right? Because if you look at a so the, if you look at the ten year. I didn't look at it this morning, but on Friday, it it was right around 3%. So that means if you were to get a 10-year mortgage, you're paying 3%. Supposedly. Supposedly. It's a little bit higher, right? Um, The 30-year mortgage on Friday was roughly about three and a quarter. And if you look at it every week, it's it's going up anywhere between 18 to to 25, sometimes 30 basis points. But you can't get three and a quarter on a 30-year. Right now, you're getting five and a quarter on a 30-year. No, no, no. That was on a 10-year. On no, a ten year, the ten year treasury. Just said yeah. thirty. Well, thirty year for five and a quarter. Yes, yes. but you said three and a quarter. So oh, did I say okay? Yes. All right, so, all right. Yeah, sorry. thank you, thank you. Yeah, you got to keep me on track. Here. <laughs> um, my my mind is working faster than my mouth. That is for sure. So when you're looking at that and you're saying, okay, well, the banks are already raising it to five and a quarter, or you know, we were talking to a family, right? They're building a house in in Michigan. And they were looking at it and saying, okay, um, you know, they can't even lock it in for 60 days. It's not going to be ready. But right now they're looking at 5.75 on a 30 year. Okay. And those are real numbers. Okay. So the free market um, is adjusting faster than the feds are. And yet we now have these house, these home values that are skyrocketing, skyrocketing, skyrocketing. still, but, but it's starting to, you know, things are starting <sighs> to slow down a little bit, but I mean, you're, you know, you're looking at houses that you know, just a couple of years ago, sold for one hundred and fifty, maybe two hundred thousand. That are going for six, seven hundred thousand dollars. Well, the median, the median across the country is like three hundred and fifty thousand. That's on. Um, that's the median right now. So that, and I think that's way. I mean, they're saying twenty percent, fifteen to twenty percent is what we're looking at as far as values are concerned. And everything is inflated. Okay, and th- and this is a big deal because. 
you know, we added under Trump and again under Biden, we, we've added over $6 trillion to the national debt. Yeah. And then Biden wants to add, you know, even more under the, he wants to reinstitute the Build Back the, Better yep. plan and, and add another $1.5 to, to $2 trillion to the national debt on top of it. And, and when you hear, you know, they're saying, well, you know, the economists agree that, you know, printing more money does not create inflation. Well, where did they go to school? Okay, because I mean, it, again, it's math. I mean, that's really what it is. And this is, and I've said this a couple times before. Twenty percent of all U.S. dollars printed were printed in twenty twenty one. Okay, so you, you've got all this money flooding the market. And you've got you know supply issues, right? Um, too, again, too too many dollars chasing too few goods. And you know that's why we're we're kind of in the in the situation that we're in right now. And Again, in March, the Fed said they finally agreed. You had a couple presidents from some of the of the Federal Reserve, um, from some of the regional banks saying, hey, this is real, and we actually really need to increase the interest rates to stave off that, that inflation. But the problem is, is that if they do that, what's going to happen? A recession. Well, and that's 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 what people are already seeing in the forecast. Yeah, and and so the Feds aren't going to get it to that point where they're going to crush the economy, and so you're going to have to pay the piper now or in the future. Okay, and if they did it back in 2008, it would have been horrible and extremely painful. But now, like you said, they keep kicking the can down the road. Why? Nobody wants to address it, and why don't they want to address it? They don't want it to be their legacy. Right where they voted for it. Yeah, but if if we reflect back on, and I'm I'm going to go back to Reagan. Just it was. I remember my parents moving to Ohio. I remember what the interest rates were then. I remember what he did. It was extremely painful, but the turnaround actually. I mean, how is Reagan remembered? Reagan is definitely remembered. Reaganomic. Yeah. Yep. And and then you had the 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 tech boom. Yep. Right before the bubble. Okay. Again, it's just uh, <laughs> what goes up must come down. Wow. Right? And, and and there does have to be a correction. And, and, and we're kind of seeing that right now as the feds continue to raise rates. You know, I, I heard last week that they're, they're not talking about a quarter percent. They're talking about, you know, uh, a half a percent or 50 basis points to as much as, you know, three quarters of a percent or 75 basis points. So it's kind of the same thing. And that's going to have a huge impact. So now if we couple that with the fact that, remember, we were talking about monetizing the debt Mm -hmm. and how do we monetize the debt by buying U.S. treasuries, okay? So treasuries have had a 30-plus year bull market, all right? I mean, it it really has. We've been able to, to, to stave off... A recession. I mean, the the average bull market lasts, you know, about four years. I mean, we're we're going on year twelve, going into year thirteen, and and that's because we've been keeping interest rates low. But as rates go up, and this is a great indicator. I mean, look at the bond markets right now. Mm-hmm. The bond markets are down ten percent, which is just, uh, an indicator of hey, it's no longer a safe haven. Okay, <laughs> and 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 we we could talk about that in detail. But let's yeah. get back to the Federal Reserve is talking about no longer buying. U.S. US Treasuries. Mm -hmm. And so if they stop buying U.S. Treasuries, the Federal Reserve is the number one, the largest buyer of U.S. Treasuries. So what happens to the dollar? So what happens to the dollar? Because the dollar is the world currency. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is a really big deal because we saw a couple of weeks ago when Saudi Arabia was talking about using the, I can't pronounce it, the Chinese um, yuan, yan, you know, to to buy oil. Yan, yan, yan. 
The yen? The yen. I think it's the yen. <laughs> the, the yen is Japanese. I, I should have listened to how to pronounce that. That's for sure. But they're talking about using that to buy oil, which is a really, really big deal. And then also, you know, we're, we're looking at what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. Okay. And we're, we're looking at the sanctions. Sanctions actually are hurting us. They're hurting us, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at the, uh, the, the ruble, I mean, it, it dropped. It dropped about 40% plus. Just off the bat. It it, just off the bat. But now it's higher than it was. Okay. Because they're still trading those goods. They're just trading it to other people. And because now it's, right, supply now we and have demand. To pay. Yeah. Right. And, and now because there's a shortage, people are willing to pay more. Right. So the ruble went up and we're having to pay more, you know, for those same goods. And, and here's the other thing. We're still buying that oil. We're just buying it from, you know, a third party. So we're paying a premium for the exact same oil just so we could say that we have the, the sanctions. Well, I know you have a solution. But we are running long because there's no way we're going to get through this entire topic. We're going to have to have part two, I guess, at this stage. But uh, what should people do before we wrap up and move on to part two down the road? What should people do? So there's look, there's no perfect investment. Okay, there's a lot of things that that you can do. And and like you said, in the very beginning, in the opening, you got to have a plan, take all the emotion out of it. It's not going to be perfect in a situation like this. But there are things where you can you know, store the the value of a dollar without it being in the dollar. There's places to invest on alternative strategies. There's a lot of things that can be done so that you're not just sitting there with all of your money in the market losing it or just sitting in cash and you're losing it and it's devalued because of inflation. So, you know, there there are options. All right. We're going to come back to this. But for right now, if you have questions, if you have those questions that need to be answered right now, please reach out to us for a complimentary, no a cost, no obligation, 15 minute consultation with Ed. Uh, so that you can get those questions answered. Our way of getting a hold of us, egsifinancial.com, or you can call the office at 614-526-4118 or send us an email at info at egsifinancial.com. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Leanne. tested your fitness level, not your workout routine. I'm talking about your financial endurance, because if saving to a 401k is the extent of your effort, it is time for you to start shaping up. And Ed Sedell is here to help you do that with the retirement trainer. It's his podcast to help you examine your financial stamina and learn the questions you should be asking and areas to focus on to help you get to that place you've been working so hard for a happy, comfortable retirement. And it's not as hard as some might have made you believe. Ed's broken it down into five simple steps. It's the retirement fitness plan, which he personally created to help clarify key areas of your financial life. Learn more about the retirement fitness plan at egsifinancial.com. Then subscribe, follow, and listen to the retirement trainer on Apple Podcasts, your iHeart app, or whichever podcast platform you prefer. Investment advisory services offered through EGSI Investment Management, DBA EGSI Financial Group, a registered investment advisor. Insurance and annuities offered through EGSI Financial Services, Inc., Ohio license number 1020619. Thank you.